raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock! My name is Nigel, Jason Hammer right over there. Never like to start out a segment talking about a mass shooting, but uh, we had another one in Maine last night, at least 18 dead, 13 injured, mass shooting at two separate places, uh, seven killed at a bowling alley, and then eight more down at uh, a bar in Maine, and three pronounced dead at the hospital. And man, the bowling alley hits close to home because last night, you know, my youngest was doing a school bowling contest at a bowling alley. Sure. And man, people are just going to have a good time. They're going to compete. They're having fun. And then some lunatic who should never have had access to the gun and weapon that he had just goes berserk. And I say that because the stories that we're getting now about this suspect who is still on the run, by the way, still on the loose. Lockdowns are happening in Maine. This lunatic was reported of hearing voices in his head, reported mental health issues, made threats of shooting up the National Guard base in Maine, was reportedly committed to a mental health facility for two weeks. Now, he didn't commit himself. This wasn't a voluntary thing. Somebody committed him. And he was able to walk right out of that joint a couple weeks later. And Maine does not have a red flag law type of thing on their books. So this guy was just left alone. And now we've got this situation from last night. Nigel, I'm sorry, but this just feels like the Parkland situation to me where all the signs were there. I mean, the Parkland lunatic said he wanted to be a famous school shooter and nobody followed up. Nobody did any research or help on this guy. This lunatic last night was hearing voices in his head, said he wanted to shoot up a base. And instead, he went to a bowling alley in a bar. And this is a guy that is a firearms instructor. He has military experience. Uh, I'm looking at a headline here. This is on the Drudge Report. It said... Uh, The Army Reservist, his name is Robert Card, who is still on the loose. We don't normally say the names of the people who do this, but since he is still uh, wanted uh, is the person that is the suspect, Robert Card, uh, allegedly made a getaway on a jet ski. This is just what I'm reading from the Daily Mail. Um, Police, all this happened in Lewiston, Maine, by the way. Police were searching the waterways for this guy after his car was found abandoned at a boat dock. So imagine, and, and Lewiston and surrounding areas are on lockdown right now because they haven't found this guy. Could you imagine? Can you imagine having kids or loved ones in you're that not, neighborhood? You're not going to school today. No. Sorry, son. And the other thing police are warning is saying, I, I would say add this, arm yourself. Yes. Yes. Now, Shannon Watts doesn't want to hear that. Moms, <laughs> Moms demand action. action. Yeah. Shannon Watts. No, no, no. They don't want to hear that. But the real reality is uh, you have to arm yourself because nobody is going to protect you. And that kind of goes back to what I was talking to talking about a moment ago. How many people dropped the ball on this lunatic? 
How many people just ignored this guy, let him out of the psych ward, didn't follow yeah. up on anything? I mean, he's no, he's an army reservist. I mean, they were keeping a close eye on this guy, or at least you thought they would. They should have been. But apparently they weren't. And it was the same thing in Parkland, Florida. All the signs were there. Well, police and the FBI were aware of him, too. The police had been called on this guy before, on the kid in Parkland. That makes it even worse. Yeah. So think about, you know, <laughs> you know, the FBI focusing on who's going to school board meetings. The FBI focusing on a lot of different crap. The government hiring all these IRS agents. Meanwhile, we've got lunatics who tell you what their intentions are. They tell you they're not well. They tell you they want to do mass shootings. And for whatever reason, so many people turn a blind eye here. Like, Last night, already, the anti-2A people were coming out. You know, they were tweeting at me. You see it all over social media. But are we just going to ignore the fact that this guy was a nut? That this guy was committed to a health facility for mental issues? Said he wanted to be a mass shooter? Like, I feel like that is the more important part of this story. And was he on meds? Was he off his meds? What were the meds? There are a lot of questions that go into this story. And we're going to have Guy Relford on here in just a few minutes. And we'll get his perspective on this because, listen, Guy helped write the red flag law in the state of Indiana. Now, if it's followed, and that's a big if right there, because in the past, it hasn't been followed really well by Ryan Meir specifically thinking about the FedEx situation, but the red flag laws exist to prohibit things like this. And the way that Guy Relford helped write the law in Indiana was it doesn't take away your rights. It gives due process. No due process is taken away. But if you're somebody that clearly needs help, like this crazy bastard, then your weapon is indeed taken away. Sometimes that's not popular with a lot of 2A folks, but we're going to get Guy's perspective on this coming up in just a little bit. Happier news, Nige. UAW announcing a contract deal with Ford, marking major progress in their strike against the automakers. UAW leadership late last night announced a tentative deal with Ford, making a large step forward in getting people back to work. Now, the terms of the deal weren't immediately available, but sources familiar with both sides tell the Associated Press that the union made a counteroffer to Ford that proposes a 25% general wage increase over the life of a new contract and said that the negotiations will extend later this week. Previously, Ford, Stellantis, and GM had only offered 23 Pay so what increases. about okay? So Ford's looks like it's coming to an end. What about Stellantis at GM? Don't know about them yet. Uh, did we did we get the four day work week? I don't think that? the four day work week <laughs> was part of the deal. But this is the UAW president Sean Fain. Today we reached a tentative agreement with Ford. For months we've said that record profits mean record contracts. And UAW family, our stand up strike has delivered. Now. 
tentative is the key word here. Any lawyer or anybody that's been involved in some sort oh, of sure, business yeah. negotiation, tentative isn't locked in. But it sounds like they're very close to at least coming to agreement with one of them. Now, you bring up a great point. I'm curious as if Stellantis and GM, do they play ball? Seeing that Ford was the first domino to I mean, fall, the experts are saying, "Yeah, Ford was the first domino. The other two are sure to follow." Yeah, because again, this story—it's fallen out of the news cycle. Yeah, and I wonder how Big much time. of that has hurt the leverage one side or the other. Because normally, when these types of things happen, it dominates the news cycle, and it did for a couple of days. Remember, Joe Biden went down and stood 11 minutes in the line <laughs> with the uh, protesters and picketers in Detroit. Tony Kennett was there to cover it. But since then, you've had a lot of stuff. Speaker of the House drama, the war in Israel. We have a mass shooting we're talking about last night. And maybe the auto workers realize, you know what? Maybe this offer here is as good as it's going to get. What was it to begin with? Like 40% pay increase and a four-day work week? Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you 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 shoot for the you swing for the fences in these kinds of things, and this is probably I, I bet, generally speaking, I bet this is where they thought they were going to wind up. I think I'm going to go to the restroom and take a big Joe. <laughs> Why don't you talk in the microphone? Please welcome our friend and my friend, Bob Zaney. Wow, those health studies! They say eating an apple a day can make breathing easier. Tell that to the pig at the luau. Oh, really? Let's get right to it. Hillary Clinton's campaign manager has not ruled out a woman-woman ticket. He said we'll actually start with a broad list. Exclusively on the Hammer and Nigel Show, 93 WIPC. Bob Zaney, everybody. Nice to have you back on the Hammer and Nigel Show. Bob, how are you? I'm doing great, and thank you, guys. Always a joy to call into this program. Hammer was just telling me he just saw you on a uh, episode of Roseanne, a rerun. Yeah, yeah, you were delivering a baby, right? I was delivering uh, <laughs> Roseanne's baby. Uh, I was a doctor, and it's the Halloween episode. I'm glad you told me that means more. That means cha-ching. You're gonna get a check for fifty cents for those royalties, right? No, that one's still good. I don't know oh. why, but it is. And then Comics Unleashed was just on the other night. And, uh, you know, it's it's constant with me now. I, I, I've done enough stuff in this business that I can just sit back and avoid uh, Nigel's calls. <laughs> <laughs> You're all over the place, including the city of Carmel this weekend, right? That's right. The Cat Theater, two nights, Friday and Saturday. Uh, very excited. It's a smaller theater, so it's going to be very intimate. And you get to see the gift in action. Dave Dugan will be uh, opening for me on Friday night. Well, we know Dave. Yeah. And then Bill Emmerich will be opening for me on Saturday night. So we're very excited. Get your tickets. I know it's Halloween weekend, so dress up like Hammer. <laughs> you don't want to scare everybody away. Well, you know, I, I believe in giving back to the radio personality. <laughs> yes, yes. Show up just wearing like a Cubs t-shirt, maybe, you know, a little bit overweight with some big ears, and just tell them Bob Zaney sent you. And no pants. <laughs> Especially no pants and no shorts. Hey, let's get right to it. It's time for the O'Reilly Factor. Oh, really? President Biden's uh, team has set up a task force to prevent him from stumbles and falls in public. They said that he can walk and chew gum at the same time, 
We just don't want him tripping over the wrapper. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, really? Really? Seventy-seven <laughs> percent of Americans think Biden is too old to be president. The other twenty-three percent said, "What? Huh? What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> really?" <laughs> and, and speaking of Turkey, what? That's not a segue. What? Uh, yeah, it turns out uh, Turkey will send an astronaut to the International Space Station by the end of the year. Let's hope it's by Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I see what you did there, yes. China says it's been open and transparent on the origins of the COVID-19 virus. A spokesperson said, in fact, we sent a balloon with all the records. <laughs> That is a smart joke, my friend. That is a smart joke. Another, a new study has found that Americans are exercising more but getting fatter. Now, doctors blame the trend of hydrating with eggnog and gravy. <laughs> That's a problem. Really? And on a lighter note, a uh, fun fact you should know, an amputation occurs every four minutes in the United States. That number actually doesn't include people who are paying an arm and leg for gas and groceries. <laughs> <laughs> this is int- I just read this. The uh, Jada Pinkett Smith. You know, you're a big fan of hers, right? Oh, sure. oh yes, yeah. Will Smith's she, wife. She she says that her and her husband Will Smith have been uh, living separate lives since 2016. And the article went on to say nobody cares. <laughs> the only ones who care are your listeners, and that's it. I care about Bob Zaney appearing in Carmel, though. I do. I'll be at the Cat Theater in Carmel. And by the way, my uh, my Dry Bar special, check it out uh, on YouTube or at drybar.com. Over 6.4 million views. And I have a YouTube channel, guys. This is exciting. And I want you both to subscribe to it because you love some of the jokes that I have. It's the official Bob Zaney channel. Subscribe. It's free to do so. The, the key word there is we love some of the jokes. <laughs> some. Here, let me do one right now that we found that I forgot all about. The, making a sperm can reduce your lifespan. Talk about taking your life in your own hands. Oh, come on. Come on. What? Really? Anyway, guys, uh, very excited. Thank you for having me on the show. Let me know if you guys want to come out. I'll, I'll, I'll get you half-price tickets. I'm not coming for anything less than free. Yes. Of course, I would take care of you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bob, we'll see you this weekend in Carmel, Indiana. Oh. Thanks, guys. You're right. the best. Hey, baby. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Listen to the Hammer and Nigel Show. I'm Nigel. Hammer's over there with a special guest on the hotline. 
Guy Relford joins us, 2A instructor, attorney at law, and host of the Gun Guy show. Now, Guy normally joins us on Monday, but... We had some questions for Guy in regards to what happened last night in Maine, so we wanted him back on the show. Guy, I'm reading here that Maine doesn't have a red flag law. They have this thing called a yellow flag law, which, if I'm understanding this correctly, means anybody that has had a run-in with the law has their firearm seized. It doesn't really say anything about mental capacity here. Would a red flag law have prevented what happened last night in Maine? Well, potentially. And listen, guys, um, you know, if you're as you've heard me say for many years, red flag laws have huge problems in the sense that they allow the seizure of firearms from individuals who have not been convicted of any crime. And 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 from a due process standpoint, um, from a base basic constitutional uh, protection standpoint, that 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 presents problems. At the same time, when we've had these horrible events that have happened over the years, um, a lot of us have said, "Well, why didn't somebody do something?" Remember the Parkland, Florida shooting, right? Where. You know, the guy had cops called to his house like 47 times or some ridiculous number, and um, and and nobody did anything. And so when, when those of us like me, you know, we stand up and we yell at law enforcement and, you know, the FBI knew this guy was a danger and he didn't, they didn't do anything, well, what does do anything mean? Well, red flag laws, potentially, if they're incredibly narrow and if they – provide for appropriate levels of due process and that's what we're always that's what we're always focused on with with red flag laws we got to be talking about due process so that innocent people don't have their their second amendment rights eradicated you know without that constitutionally mandated due process but red flag laws potentially can fill that void and say, all right, hold on, here's a guy who's got all these mental problems, here's a guy who's threatened to, you know, to, to, to commit shootings, he wanted to shoot up a military base, you know, and, and, and here's a guy who's got documented mental illnesses with a firearm, and who's, who's a clear threat, a red flag law, if narrowly tailored, provides people the authorities to, provides the opportunity for authorities potentially to, quote unquote, do something that we want to demand of them. And Guy, correct me if I'm wrong, but the red flag law in the state of Indiana, you helped put that together and you did it in a way to where it doesn't just take someone's weapon away without due process. That was really important part of this thing for you, right? Well, let me correct one thing. I had nothing whatsoever to do with the passage of the flag law. We were actually the second uh, state in the country to pass a red flag law all the way back in 2005. But since it was passed, as originally passed, it was horrible. I mean, the due process problems uh, in it were horrific. I actually filed uh, a lawsuit and and pursued to to have it declared unconstitutional um, under the Second Amendment and otherwise. Um, And so I fought like hell to try to to bring it back into a scope that was actually consistent with constitutional, constitutionally required uh, due process and otherwise. But here, in, and that was passed all the way back in 2005. In 2019, I was 
involved in rewriting it okay. so as to dramatically improve the due, due process protections. And I'm sure, Jason, that's what you're referring to, um, because I, I got, you know, because I, I litigated it and I fought to have it declared completely across the board in a two-to-one decision the indiana court of appeals disagreed with me on that but after that i I said all right i can't do it through the courts i'll go to the legislature and we dramatically improved it so it's much better than it was but it's still subject to being abused but again we're struggling with this idea of hey we don't want to deprive anybody of their constitutional freedoms at the same time you know, we want to stand up and say, when we know there's a crazy guy with a gun, why can't we do something? And red flag laws, if properly structured, can potentially bridge that gap. And if folks want to hear more on your thoughts, they can tune into the Gun Guy Show coming up this weekend or back on Monday, Gun Day, here on the Hammer and Nigel Show. Guy Relford, thank you. I mean, my point is, I look at things like that, what, what happened. I look at things like a porous, open southern border with... 160 known foreign people caught on the terrorist watch list. I look at things like what happened in Israel. I'm thinking, you know, maybe it's a come to Jesus moment for me. I'm thinking I I, I want to carry everywhere. Right. I mean, I, I'm not, I don't do that, but it's just <laughs> keep your head on a swivel, man. And last I, night, of course, and you mentioned this, the Moms Demand Action folks, Shannon Watts puts out a tweet, it's harder to buy Sudafed than an AR-15 in Maine. That's not true at all. Anybody that's actually purchased a firearm legally, and that's the key word, knows that's completely false. Like, this whole narrative of you can just walk in, they'll hand you a gun, hand you ammo, you give them five bucks and walk out, it doesn't work that way. You still have to pass a background check. And that is a big part of the constitutional carry, permitless carry discussion. Morons like Joe Hogsett morons like Jefferson Shreve, morons like Ryan Mears. They don't understand that you still have to pass a background check before you get your weapon. And they want to take the ability to defend yourself out in public away from you. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of people that have never really been gun people before. Yes. They see what's happening in the world right now, and they're making that choice of maybe we do need something to protect our family. Oh, I say that started probably back in the summer of love, 2020, was when people started to really open their eyes. And all I can ask is that if you do make that decision to get a firearm for you, for your family, whatever it is, do the right thing and get trained. Like, go all the way. Get the proper training. Don't just buy it, take it home, put it in a drawer or something like that. Get the proper training. Because when you do need it, you want to have the confidence. You want to know what you're doing. So if this is something you're interested in, again, you can reach out to Guy Relford. He's easy to find on Twitter, at Guy Relford. He can put you in the right direction of places to buy a weapon, what weapon is best for your family, and the best place to be trained on that firearm. I mean, police are saying, I'm looking at this um, this Daily Mail article about the suspect and how he's still on the loose. Um, they think that he may have tried to escape on a jet ski. Um, they found his uh, white Subaru Outback abandoned at a boat dock uh, there in Maine. 
and his 15-foot bayliner is missing. And um, main records seen by DailyMail.com show that he had registered a 2019 Sea-Doo jet ski in his name in June. This, of course, sparking fears that he could have used the watercraft to flee um, after, um, you know, opening fire. And let's go back to the discussion we had with Guy a moment ago where, well, do something. What does do something mean? Listen, if there's one thing this country does not have a shortage of, it's politicians and lawyers. There has to be a way to do something to where this guy can get the help he needs. The Parkland shooter could have got the help that he needs before things like this happen. Like, I find it ridiculous that my mother-in-law has been in the hospital for like a week getting tests and getting things done. Mm -hmm. And they're Mm -hmm. keeping in here, keeping her in there. She feels good. She feels fine. She's ready to come home, but they keep running tests. She's still in there, but this lunatic who said, I want to shoot up a base or the Parkland kid. I want to be a famous school shooter. They were allowed to get back out on the streets relatively quickly. Like after a couple of weeks, that is a problem here. We've got the money. We've got the resources. We have to come up with a better way to make sure people like this get the help that they need. And this is absolutely a discussion on mental health. Anybody that says it's not doesn't want to look at the problem. This dude was screwed up in the head. He was bat crap crazy. But nobody wanted to follow up with him. All these therapists in the country, all of these do-gooders, all of this money being spent by the federal government. We can't do better than this. That's ridiculous. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. The Hammer and Nigel Show. Do you suppose we'll meet any wild animals? Hey, baby, let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs and have some fun. The dingo ate your baby. And now Hammer and Nigel proudly presents. Damn, nature, you're scary. Lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. All right, Hammer. I just saw the headline. I'm shaking my head. You're going to have to tell me about this one. Bears escape enclosure, injure owner in Putnam County, Indiana. Indiana Bears, Nige. Indiana Bears. Putnam County law enforcement officials were asked to help return two bears that escaped from their home in this enclosure near Clinton Falls. The Putnam County 911 operator was contacted by the owner of the bears, who reported that both had gotten out of their secured enclosure. Now, I have questions about how secure it was if both bears (laughs) got out. I have questions on why there are individuals that own bears in Putnam County. Where do you say this was? Clinton? Yeah, Clinton Falls. Deputies, conservation officers, police, and other animal experts arrived at the scene and helped return the two bears to their enclosure. Oh, good. Here is Kylie Conway from our news gathering partners at Wish TV. Police didn't release details about the owner's injuries, but did say she went to the hospital and is okay. Police say the bears are now in the care of a local exotic animal expert, while the owner receives treatment. Now, when I hear local exotic animal expert, (laughs) there's only one person that comes to mind. Carol Baskin, I consider that to be one of the biggest terrorists in the exotic animal world right now. It's got to be Joe Exotic. I know he's in jail, but if you're coming at me with exotic animal experts, I want it to be Joe Exotic. 
Damn, nature, you scary. How would you feel, Nige, if like you're on like the Citizens app or the community apps, whatever you use, yeah, I'm and you're there. living around Clinton Falls and you see the notification of wild bears on the loose? <laughs> well, I don't know that they were wild since they were enclosed, you know, in an enclosure. Are they domesticated? Why? How do you own a bear? Where in Putnam County would you go about finding a, a bear to own to 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 keep domesticated? PetSmart? <laughs> Can you walk into PetSmart? I'll take yeah. a bear. <laughs> I'll take it. No, actually, give me two of them. Two bears. <laughs> Sir, would you like a lion? No, no, just two bears. Oh, I mean, what is the point <laughs> of owning two bears? And obviously, they don't like the person, that their owners. They injure him. Right. They tried to escape, they got out, and they injured the owner. The bears are making a run for it. And I think Rob Kendall would back me up when he says, it's about time we saw some bears have some fight in them. There it is. If you're looking for a reason to drink tonight, if you're looking for a reason to celebrate, and this gorgeous 70-degree weather is not enough for you, Nige, today is the 76th birthday of Hillary Rodham Clinton. Oh, well, I was going to stay dry tonight, but that's over with. And since we're just a couple days from Halloween, it's important to remind everybody that Vincent Price and Hillary Clinton have the same laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Same laugh, 100%. And if you remember, let's take a trip down memory lane here. When she was campaigning to be the president in 2016, She did not win. She lost to Donald Trump, but she had some campaign stop in Cleveland, and it was raining, and it was cold, and she was sick, and she couldn't stop coughing, and a lot of people feel like this was, you know, one of the things that cost her the election. She looked sick. She didn't look healthy enough to be the president. When we were trying to figure out where we could be, we all said, let's go to Cleveland. Thunder cough. And I want to thank Congresswoman Marsha Fudge for hosting us. (coughs) 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 Every time I think about Trump, I get allergic. Boy. Excuse me. Well, thank you. Little thunder cough in honor of Pantsuit Patty's birthday. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it! Another 
Indy mayoral debate tonight. Sharif versus Hogshead. Hogshead versus Sharif. Who's going to come out the winner? Are we going to learn anything new? Uh, are they going to bring up the fact that there was this uh, this uh, email, this leaked email that is out there now from somebody on the fact-finding commission that said there was no evidence of Hogshead interacting with city leaders on the first night of the riots when, uh, you know, whether or not he was in Indy or not. Is any of that going to be brought up? What are we going to, what are we looking for here? You're the Marion County guy. You're the one that's fired up. I am too. I don't know how my dad's going to vote. I don't know if he's. I don't know if he's going to, you know, hold his nose and vote for Sharif, or if he's just going to say, "Yeah, maybe I'll sit this one out." Have you ever maybe. seen that uh, meme that makes its way around social media of like an older guy in a plaid shirt and he's holding up a present that he got for Christmas, and it's the exact same shirt that he's wearing? <laughs> yes, that's what we're looking at here with these two candidates. No matter who wins. You're getting the hog set policies because for whatever reason, Jefferson Shreve's campaign has been about being a fanboy of what Joe Hogsett wants to do with crime in this city. And last time I checked, crime is a major problem in this city. So let's go back to that leaked email you were talking about, because this is something that came out after the debate on Wish TV uh, just a couple nights ago, the one that Phil Sanchez asked Joe Hogsett, where were you the night of the riots? He did the thing. He asked the question to Joe Hogsett's face. And Hogsett's answer was, I was at home, but I was was in constant contact. Well, this leaked email from the fact-finding commission that Joe was so very proud to bring up kind of refutes that basically states that he didn't talk to anybody that first night of the riots. And if that's the case, who was calling the shots? U.S. Attorney and Assistant Attorney General Deborah Daniels emailed, I believe, somebody in the Sharif campaign. She was part of the um, independent review of the public safety response to the riots. And she wrote in an email uh, saying, quote, there is certainly no indication in the report that the mayor was engaged on Friday night and in contact with his people. The report is silent on that point, so it certainly does not exonerate him. Well, the mayor told a completely different story during that debate. And the thing is, Jefferson Shreve, he knows, like we all do, where Joe Hogsett was the night of the riots. He's too much of a chicken blank to call him out on it. Like, what are you waiting for? You're down 10 percentage points. You've spent like $13 million of your own money. Why would you not bring the heat to this guy? You could win back a lot of the people you alienated if you did that. But he's too chicken blank to do it. And I don't know if the moderators tonight, I don't even know who they are. I would imagine uh, Spieler is probably going to be one of them. But do you think they're going to bring this up? I mean, for the most part, outside of a couple people, Phil Sanchez being one, Alexis Rogers being the other, nobody has asked Joe Hogsett about his whereabouts or his role in the riots the last three years. Why would tonight be any different on Fox 59 and CBS 4? So we'll see what happens. I'm going to watch it so you guys don't have to. Thank you. Not all heroes wear capes. Uh, Quick updates on the manhunt for the mass shooter in Maine. From NBC News, a note was found 
at the home of the suspected shooter and they're trying to determine the note's meaning and how it will guide the search. Now, if they put this note out there, Nige, I'm going to have some questions because we're still waiting for the Tranifesto that was left behind in Nashville. That shooter left a full-on manifesto, and I think we kind of know what it was about, but they won't release it. But NBC News is reporting that they do have some sort of note at the home of the shooter. They just don't know where the shooter is. You know, what's crazy is that Maine, as a state, only had probably, I'm thinking, I I don't have the number right here in front of me. I remember reading about, about it last night. They only had like 29 homicides in the entire state last year. And we've got 18 dead in one night. That's a crazy stat. And the manhunt continues. Um, There are stories out there that they feel like this guy may have gotten on his boat, his jet ski, and went out in the water trying to evade police. He's listening to the police scanner radio. The manhunt continues. And again, we normally wouldn't say the scumbag's name, but because he's still out there, Robert Card is his name. You never know where these people can be. So if anybody knows anything at all about a Robert Card from the greater New England area, by all means, get with the authorities. So it's day one of the era of Johnson as the speaker, Nye. Johnson! Has your life been changed for the better in the 24 hours since Johnson became the speaker? Oh, man. The past three weeks have been torture for me. (laughs) The past three weeks have been absolutely devastating. I haven't been able to get through the day without a drink because we didn't have a speaker of the house. And day one, we're starting to get some dirt on how this whole thing played out. So Matt Gates was doing an interview. I think he was chatting with Steve Bannon. And he is telling the story of how Mike Johnson became the speaker and how a certain someone was trying to backstab not just Mike Johnson, but pretty much every other candidate. So as Emmer is withdrawing, Mark Molinaro, a moderate New York freshman Republican, stands up at the microphone and says, well, instead of restarting this process and having a candidate forum and sending everybody home for a good cry, let's just take a non-binding poll on where people would be on the person who came in second to Tom Emmer, and that was Mike Johnson. And Elise Stefanik said, well, that's against the rules. The, the rules don't contemplate it. We can't do that. And brilliantly, Mark Molinaro says... Then I move for unanimous consent that the rules be waived and we take a poll on whether or not Mike Johnson uh, could be our speaker nominee. And guess who objects to that unanimous consent request? Kevin McCarthy. Whoops. So Kevin McCarthy, the former Speaker of the House, sounds like he was being a little bit of sour grapes for everything that was going on. Sure he's pissed off. Especially at Matt Gates. Yeah. Here's a little bit more. Kevin McCarthy stands up and says, I object to doing a roll call on Mike Johnson. And Mike Johnson was exasperated. All the times Johnson had voted for McCarthy, had carried his water, maybe even voted for some bills he didn't like because he, he was working toward the Republican conference's stated objectives under McCarthy. And, and here was the thing. It showed everyone that it was actually McCarthy who was working to knife Scalise. It was actually McCarthy who was working to knife Jim Jordan. It was McCarthy 
working to knife everyone. And he hadn't yet figured out a way to knife Mike Johnson. So because of McCarthy's objection, we had to have this three-hour delay because they were setting up a play to block Mike Johnson with write-in votes in the intra-conference process for Kevin McCarthy. They were promising people hearings on their favorite legislation, passage of bills. I heard people promised, oh, maybe you'll get a a chairmanship. And, And the play was for McCarthy to return as speaker and then Jim Jordan to be the deputy speaker in some sort of like Dwight Schrute assistant to the regional manager <laughs> posture. And that would have been debasing to Jordan, someone I like a great deal. And it would have been empowering to McCarthy. Uh, I love the office reference there right. from, from Congressman Gates. I mean, I understand McCarthy is ticked off and he probably hates Matt Gates with the passion of a million fires, but it just goes to show how petty these people are. Like, how would you feel if we were having some sort of seminar here at WIBC, you know, a required training or something, and then somebody, let's just say it's Allison, does something that makes us have to stay another three hours in the thing. Like, how would you feel? Like, you'd probably have a little animosity. Yeah. All right, here's uh, the grand finale of Matt Gates breaking down exactly how petty Kevin McCarthy is. So Garrett Graves and all these people are working to try to effectuate this return of McCarthy, and they're telling us there are going to be 100 votes for McCarthy on the write-in. You know how many there were? 33 on the first write-in. So they flame out terribly. Mike Johnson's gaining momentum. Ultimately, uh, McCarthy gets 43 to vote for him on a secret ballot, but Mike Johnson gets a majority, and then he says, you know what I want? I want a roll call vote so that those 43 would have to announce themselves as, as being for a candidate who wasn't even running instead of a unifying force like Mike Johnson. And when we called for the roll call, do you know how many people voted for Kevin McCarthy? Zero. <laughs> Gates. He's just a crap stir, man. I love it. <laughs> when you make these butt sniffers have to be accountable yeah. and put their name out there to the public, yep. they get a little shy all of a sudden. Amber and Nigel presents. Is. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this anything? All right, let's rock and roll. Yeah, Amber, how do we play is this anything? I'll run a couple different stories by you. You weigh out all the evidence, the pros, the cons. You give us a verdict. Is the story anything or not? We actually have an update to a previous story that we've talked about. We talked about how there was a employee at the Kokomo Taco Bell that was getting a haircut inside. Well, now the update is we've got photographic evidence. We now have a picture that's making the rounds all over social media going viral that shows the Taco Bell employee in Kokomo giving another worker a haircut yes. inside the kitchen area. Here's Jennifer, the former Taco Bell employee that took the picture, speaking about what she saw. I was just really shocked to look back and see someone cutting hair in a kitchen. I've never, I've never <laughs> experienced anything like that. I also feel like I did the right thing. So if this is what it takes to do the right thing, then so be it. I'll find another job. Here's what I don't understand. Yes, this is something. It's something because the person that took the picture lost their job. I don't know about the people who were actually getting haircuts. <laughs> the other employees that were actually, they, they, they were also employees of Taco Bell, right? Correct. Getting, you know, giving each other haircuts. Right. 
But why did the person that took the picture get fired? Kind of like that Donald Trump, Billy Bush thing. Donald Trump yeah. said, grab her in the hoo-ha. Billy Bush laughed about it. He got fired. <laughs> Trump became the president. Either way, it's gross. It's disgusting, right? Right. And Taco Bell said they're looking into it. They've got an investigation or whatever. But I think we should set up some sort of uh, GoFundMe for, for Jennifer, right. the former Taco Bell employee. She said she's been in fast food for 10 years is what the uh, she's been in you know the restaurant industry. So I'm sure she'll be able to find another job. This happened at Kokomo, by the way. Right. It's all fun and games till you get hair on your chalupa. Oh, God. Yeah, I was just thinking the same thing. There is nothing worse and nothing ruins my appetite and ruins an entire meal than a long hair oh. in your food. I mean, send it back and, you know, take it off my bill and I'm out of here. But it, I, I don't understand. It pisses me off that they fired her. She was trying to do the right thing. I don't even think she was trying to make it go viral. I think she just sent it to a couple of people. Hey, look what my coworkers are doing. This is weird. Should we be more concerned that the management staff at the Kokomo Taco Bell is more upset that the woman taking the photo, yeah. the video, than, oh, I don't know, the people getting a haircut in the kitchen? Right next to the fryer, yeah. Is this anything? A man got trapped overnight inside of a steel-reinforced concrete jewelry vault oh. in New York City after he tried to access his safe deposit box. After about 10 hours, the vault was on a timer and opened up on its own to release the customer. Okay, so he wasn't trying to break in. Right. No, he was trying to oh, do everything no. right. Here is the assistant fire chief talking about how they attempted to get him out, but during the rescue attempt, they realized it would be too dangerous. Started to breach the wall uh, at the vault, about 30 inches or so of concrete. Uh, we got to the point where we got to the metal plating. The problem with the uh, plating is we'd have to use our torches on there, which would infect the uh, environment of that person inside the vault. Uh, sometime this morning, the vault opened on its own and the customer was released. That's going to be a nightmare for the guy that was trapped in there for 10 hours. I thought I thought this was going to be a, a case of where they, they broke in and got trapped. But, you know, this is a legitimate customer, and the yeah. vault closed on them? Right. You, I mean, you have to expect there's probably human excrement on that floor. Right? Really? That's I mean, the first thing you thought yeah, of? That's the first thing I thought. Like, this whole story. You what didn't you worry about the guy running out of oxygen. <laughs> you didn't worry about how the law enforcement risked their I, life I'm to go really, in. I'm really, really concerned about you know, his ability to use the bathroom. And if he did have to go, <laughs> let's say, relieve himself, did he get it on the things he was going in there to get? Would it ruin that? I mean, you just go into a corner, I suppose, and just, you know, when the How big of a corner do you have in a safe? Well, it's a giant. It's just, I, th I feel like it's like one of those giant safes like that you see in movies. Like the Ocean's Eleven vault yeah, that they broke into yeah, like at the that. Bellagio? Yeah, right, 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 right. And, and then it's kind of embarrassing when the vault finally opens up 10 hours later. Hey, I'm glad I'm finally out of here. By the way, there's a growler in the corner. <laughs> uh, I couldn't. I, I had Mexican the night before, and boy, I was just, there's nothing I could do about it. By the way, you'll be hearing from my attorney, and you yeah. might want to clean that up. <laughs> it's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. 
and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Yeah, my name is Nigel Hammers over there. Tomorrow, Friday at about 5.30, we're going to be talking to Breitbart News Senior Editor-at-Large Jill Pollock. He's an expert on Israel. He was embedded in Israel all last week. I've been reading a ton of his coverage, listening to a ton of his coverage. Very powerful and emotional stuff. And we will get the latest from Israel and the war with Gaza coming up tomorrow at about 5.30. Meanwhile, Israel's military said it carried out a targeted raid, a, quote, targeted raid overnight in northern Gaza using tanks hammer. This um, basically coming a few hours after Prime Minister Netanyahu said Israel was prepping for a ground offensive. So this wasn't the ground offensive. No. This is just a quick um, a quick raid, a quick uh, incursion, or however you want to put it. A targeted raid, and unfortunately, and we see this a lot when you're fighting with some of these dirtbags, what sounds like the case in this is that innocent civilians were put specifically in some of these locations that they thought would be attacked and bombed. Well, yeah, that's Hamas's M.O. This is from International Sky News, uh, basically the world's version of the AP, but broadcast Sky News internationally. They're claiming that approximately 50 hostages that were taken have been killed by these Israeli airstrikes because they've been placed in targeted locations. And I just want to bring you an update that's come into us. It's being reported, uh, detailed from the uh, Hamas Telegram channel, so we can't verify these numbers right now, but they are saying that uh, the estimated number of people killed in uh, airstrikes by the Israelis, uh, Hamas held people, so hostages killed in airstrikes by the Israelis is now at 50. That is coming from the Al-Qassam Brigades, which is the armed wing of Hamas. As, we, as I say, it comes from their Telegram channel and social media. We're unable to verify those numbers, but uh, it, they do say that 50 of the hostages that they had been holding have now been killed as a result of Israeli wow. airstrikes. Now, just earlier, authorities in Israel said that they think that some 224 people are being held hostage by Hamas. I, I don't believe a word those subhumans say. When subhuman, I mean Hamas, lower than animals. I don't believe a word of it. Now, when you see this incursion, when you see this um, offensive in Gaza, it's going to be ugly. You will see citizens perish. You the will ground see, attack. You will see, yeah, the ground attack. I mean, it's going to be Fallujah times 100 uh, from reports that I'm reading. So just get ready. It's, it's going to get a lot worse. And this isn't anything new. We saw Iraq do this. We've seen other countries take their most vulnerable, put them in high-profile military targets, and when they are bombed or blown up or whatever the case may be, they use it as propaganda for the rest of the world. And that's what Hamas is going to try to do here. Israel slaughtered their own people. Why would they do that? Well, Hamas kidnapped a number of people and put them in high-profile military targets. That's how this whole thing is played on a PR perspective. And and slaughtered 1,400 innocent Israelis in a terrorist attack in the most brutal fashions you could ever imagine. Meanwhile, our good friends in China. China! China! They're going to provide approximately... 
2.5 million in humanitarian aid to the Gaza Strip, which I'm sure will not make it to the people that need humanitarian aid. According to a statement from the China International Development Agency, the country's foreign aid and development organization, the aid will be comprised of food, medicine, and, quote, other emergency supplies. Why? I mean, two million ain't nothing. We've supplied hundreds of millions of dollars of aid over there. You're talking about two million? Shut up. And let's be honest, it doesn't matter if it's two million or two billion. The people that need this, the innocent people who are caught in the middle of the horrific acts of Hamas and what's happening with Israel, they're not going to get any sort of aid. They're not. That is going to the elected government of Palestine, and that is Hamas. I mean, at the end of the day, they are the ones in charge of the Gaza Strip. They are the elected officials of the Gaza Strip. Palestinians elected them. Yeah. So they're getting the money here. And look, good luck getting anything you actually need, because that money is going for new ways to create terror against Israel and Jews. That's what it's going for. Uh, We've got an update here. Remember that moron that pulled the fire alarm in Congress because he wanted to delay a vote, Jamal Brown? Do we have to call names? I mean, okay. The moron that shall remain nameless that pulled the fire alarm to delay a vote. He has been hit with a misdemeanor and a little bit of a fine, but he spoke to the press for the first time yesterday. Not trying to disrupt any, you know, official government proceedings. So I'm glad, you know, the uh, investigation found that that was the case. Uh, the misdemeanor charge of pulling the alarm, I admitted that from the very beginning. So, you know, got to gotta take responsibility. That is De- Democratic uh, Representative Moron. Thank you. Still lying about the motivation for pulling that fire alarm. Didn't at all want to make Republicans look stupid and delay that vote. Right? And he is a former school official who apparently did not know how a fire alarm works. That's the excuse we're all going with, and apparently everybody's fine with it. So if you walked into the Capitol on January 6th after a security guard said, please, come on on in, walk right this way, you get stuck in federal pound-me-in-the-backside prison, but this, this guy pulls a fire alarm, delays the people's work, and he gets slapped with a misdemeanor. And they're laughing about it. They're joking about it. They're having a good time. He's got to pay, like, what, a grand and write an apology or something like that? I mean, it's (laughs) really nothing. I mean, it's nothing. He got away with it. That's, in essence, what happened. He's going to get away with it. Representative moron. Thank you. You're right. We shouldn't call people out by name. (laughs) Representative moron will do just fine. Out of New York. Congressman out of New York. Congressman moron. Uh, Donald Trump's fraud (laughs) trial continuing in New York, and the judge has upheld Donald Trump's $10,000 fine for violating that gag order. He spends that on McDonald's a week. (laughs) You're right. You are absolutely right. Like, if I were Donald Trump, I would go in there with a check for like $2 million and go, I still have some things I want to (laughs) say.
<laughs> Here's two million bucks. Put that in the kitty over there. Put that in the bank. Let me know when the account yeah. gets a little close and I'll add some more money because you're not going to gag me in this ridiculous show trial that's happening in New York. As a matter of fact, uh, I pulled some strings here, Nige. I've got the actual audio of when Donald Trump and this judge were fighting about the gag order. Are you through? No. I'm doing society a favor. So, that's another one right now. You want another one? Yes. You got it. You got another one right there. That's another one, pal. You through? Not even close, bud. Good. You got one more right there. <laughs> little bender. Bender. From the Breakfast Club right there. I don't know if this is a mistake or not, but Donald Trump just put this out on his true social platform. He's talking about New York Times writer Maggie Hagerman. Maggie right? is her name. Writer Maggie Hagerman <laughs> of the failing New York Times wrote an almost entire fake story today about the Trump-hating judge's gag order. Maggot. Maggot Hagerman. I, I, I don't know if that's... I'm trying to, because he also misspells the word choking in this, uh, rather than racist attorney general stars witness choking like a dog, he spelled it chocking like a dog. Maybe it was just, you know, talk to text. So and we got a maggot and we got a chocking out of the old man today. <laughs> Ryder maggot! She's a maggot! Maggot Hagerman! Moving forward, her name to everybody will be Maggot Haberman. <laughs> Solid. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. What is love? Listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. 21 years, huh, Hammer? Damn right. Wow, happy anniversary, man. Not you and I together. No, uh, no. Although it feels like I see you more than I see my <laughs> yeah. wife at times. Uh, yeah, anniversary for me and the crazy coupon lady today, my wife, Crystal Hammer. 21 years, man. Wow. And if you really think about it, she won the husband jackpot. When you think about all the things that I bring to the table here. I'm not going to think about it. My good looks, my strong jaw, these firm, tan, athletic thighs. Certainly not thinking about your thighs. And there's just enough hair on my butt to still make it sexy. Mm. So all of those things I bring to the table. Lucky woman. And for 21 years, we've been making magic. So here's a little trip down memory lane. It's great moments. In Jason and Crystal Hammer history, (laughs) this is when I tried to actually be romantic and call her on the air. And what I want to do right now is bring on my better half, my wife, Crystal Hammer. Oh, Uh, hey, Crystal. Crystal, I just want to say that in these crazy times where everybody is so angry and you're not sure what's going to happen from one night to the next, I just wanted to take this time out and tell you that I love you. Are you serious? This is why you called me. <laughs> this is why I called you. I love you. Shut up, fat ass. God, I hate you. <laughs> she hang up. I feel like we got a lot accomplished there. <laughs> she throwing a fat ass there? Is that? Did I hear that right? Did you I? May have thrown a fat wow. ass in there, maybe. <laughs> Uh, great moments My in <laughs> Jason and Crystal Hammer history. She filled in on this show a couple times, and I thought she was unnecessarily rough on me after a little incident at the subway in Beach Grove. Okay. Can we talk about how you unnecessarily gave me crap this past weekend at the subway uh, fast food sandwich shop? I 
was not giving you crap. You were uh, totally giving me okay, crap. Okay, but here's the thing. So you have a cold this weekend. You had a cold, right? Yes. You are always the grouchiest person when you have a cold. <laughs> but the thing is, though, when you came out of that subway... What you don't realize is when you talk, you are so loud. <laughs> and I know that it's because you're partially deaf, but you were so loud. Well, that guy deserved it because the guy in front of me, this big ball headed goon who had a pimp cane and he was wearing socks inside the subway, <laughs> was being such a rude jag off to these two young ladies that were working, you know, yelling at them, you know, I didn't want onions. You better not have put onions on there. I got allergies. Guess what? You walk into a subway, Skippy, there might be onions in there. Maybe this was the wrong choice of restaurant for you to walk your big fat ass into. And, so you know, is. It took a long time for him to order. Pimp Kane and Socks guy was taking forever yelling at people. But I didn't know he was yelling at the girls in there. If I would have known that situation, I would have been like, rip on them all you want. No. You... But I saw a guy who had a cane. I thought he was handicapped, and you were just grouchy because you're an a-hole. No, no. He was a horrible bastard, and he was mean to the girls. And then, you know, I get to the car because, you know, I've got the sandwich, and we're getting ready to go to our son's baseball game. What took you so long? Ah! And that's what you sound like. That's you. That's what you sound like. <laughs> What took you so long? I hate you. So I responded <laughs> that that ball-headed goon over there with the socks and the pimp cane was taking forever, and you were like... And you were so loud. Well, I hope he heard. The people at CVS heard you. I hope he heard. <laughs> Great moments in Jason and Crystal I, Hammer I history. I often get accused of being very loud myself when I'm either on the phone, especially when I'm on the phone, like at home, <laughs> talking to a buddy or my dad or something. It's like, why are you being so loud? And but, she also, and I also get crap for talking to the Uber driver. Not allowed to talk to Uber. Oh, drivers. you're a little chatty. Very chatty, especially if I had a couple drinks and we're on a trip or something, and they pick us up from the airport. Man, you know what? I don't think that's too bad. You're paying for the ride. The least he can do is sit there and have a conversation <laughs> with you, right? Right. Put on some Celine Dion, have a good conversation, and I don't think there's anything too hey, bad with Allison, that. Allison, quick change of subject. Uh, have you seen? So yeah, happy happy twenty first anniversary. Thank you. My mom just texted, by the way. Happy anniversary to Hannah. Thank and you, Crystal. Um, have you seen the Eras? Did we talk about? Have you seen Eras the movie? I'm going Sunday. Oh, okay. I'll get so a report. It's been like two or three weeks now. It's setting all sorts of box office records. Taylor Swift movie. Taylor right? Swift movie. It's called Eras. It's just like a three hour it's concert. concert. Yeah, yeah, it's a concert. So if you Swifties have been waiting for something even newer get ready for this you bought her albums you went to her concert you saw her movie about her concert welcome to the heiress tour but wait swifties there's more in stores now the taylor swift heiress tour concert movie soundtrack <laughs> now you can listen to songs you already heard from the movie you already saw about a concert you already attended wow. featuring albums you already bought twice welcome to the heiress tour but that's not all. There's also the... This has been the most extraordinary experience of my entire life. Taylor Swift era's concert movie soundtrack documentary. <laughs> oh. They just, like, do a show with, like, all the albums in it. And I was like, yeah, it's going to be called the Eras Tour. Now you can watch the making of the songs you already heard from the movie you already saw about a <laughs> concert you already attended featuring albums you already bought twice. Welcome to the Eras Tour. I know it's a lot, but come on. Are you a real Taylor Swift fan or a fake Swifty like Caitlin and Emma? I mean, ugh. Come on. There I'm not is. making this up. She's ought to release a single from the soundtrack oh, from the movie. You would buy everything we just made fun of. You would buy every single thing you know we just ripped coming. on. It's all coming. <laughs> just in time for the holidays. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. 
raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock! Mass shooting in Maine was awful. Hammer, 18 dead, 30 injured. Uh, two separate locations the killer went to. Seven killed at a bowling alley, another eight killed at a, at a bar down the road, three pronounced dead at the hospital. They don't have the guy in custody yet. Here is uh, someone from, is this a bowling alley survivor here, Hammer? Is yeah, this, listen to this guy's story of what he did to protect himself from this lunatic that went into the bowling alley. Just a bowling and out of nowhere, he just came in and there was a loud pop. That was a balloon. I had my back turned to the door. Um, and as soon as I turned and saw that it was not a balloon, he was holding a weapon. I just booked it um, down the lane and I slid basically into where the pins are and climbed up in the machine and was on top of the machines for about 10 minutes until the cops got there. Yeah, probably a good idea. Slid down the lane. It was kind of tough to hear the background noise there, but he ran down the bowling lane. Right. Where the pins yeah. are, dove into that section to shield himself and then kind of went up through the mechanism that brings the pins down. I mean, that's presence of mind right there. And listen... I'm very thankful. I've never been in a situation where I've had to think like that on the fly. You know, if you don't have a weapon on you, if you don't have some sort of way to defend yourself, how many people would have the presence of mind to run down the bowling alley, dive where the pins are, and, you know, climb up through the mechanism? And again, this is a case of a guy that should not have been in possession of firearms in the first place, correct? So there are still stories out there that claim this guy was a lunatic and was committed to a mental health facility for two weeks over the summer. Now, if he was committed and he wasn't doing this voluntarily, if someone committed him in, that eliminates his ability to own a firearm. But yet, he still obviously had multiple firearms. Sounds like Maine does not have any sort of red flag law. We spoke with Guy Relford about that a little bit earlier. And maybe that would have made a difference here. uh, Because this is clearly the textbook example of somebody that should not have access to a firearm. I mean, we're, we're talking mental health issues. I mean, that, that includes hearing voices, making threats to shoot up the National Guard base in Maine. Um, and this is a guy with firearms experience. He, he's an instructor. He has military experience, but and also very messed up mentally. No way possible in any way, shape, or form should he have been in possession of a firearm. How would you feel if you lived in Maine right now? If you lived in that neighborhood, like how would you feel? Would you feel comfortable letting your kids go to school? 
today? No. This guy's still out there? No. No. I would tell, you know, they've been telling people to stay indoors, lock down. I would also tell people to arm themselves. Right. Right. Yeah. And again, the manhunt continues for this scumbag who never should have had his weapon in the first place based off of his mental health situation. Uh, Another debate tonight, Nige. This is the second televised mayoral debate of the week. Uh, This one is, I believe, Fox 59, CBS 4. They're all part of the same ownership. And it's Jefferson Shreve. It's Boss Hogsett. Why do you think these are televised all of a sudden? This is because this is an important race, because crime has never been heavier and high crime rates have never been higher. Homicides have never been higher in Marion County. I think, think there's a big it? interest. That's, and that's why this is televised. I mean, the last four to five years, you've seen record numbers of homicides. You've seen riots. You've seen the mayor disappear for the riots. I mean, there are some juicy storylines here. The question becomes, I guess, questions. Are the moderators tonight, and I'm not sure who they are, I think Dan Spieler is one of them, are they going to ask Joe Hogsett about this new story that came out in regards to his whereabouts? There's a writer that claims, hey, that fact-finding commission that Boss Hogsett put together for the riots, there's a little misinformation in there. Because the report clearly states that Joe Hawkset didn't really have a lot of communication with anybody. Night number one of well, the no, riots. No evidence of Hogshead interacting with city leaders on night one of the riots when he, when he, you know, he may or may not have even been in Indy. And, and that report came out after the Wish TV debate that yes. was earlier this yeah. week. Yeah, Phil Sanchez asked him where he was that night, and he said, "I was at home. I was in constant communication with, uh, you know, upper echelons of IMPD and my team. Uh, but this fact-finding commission that was put together clearly, um, this this email." This, this leaked email says, no, that is not the case at all. There is no evidence that uh, Joe Hogsett was in contact with anybody from his team. Now, we'll talk about this with Rob Kendall, because he's going to come in here and go off the rails here in uh, just about 15 minutes or so. But with this new information, I feel like you have to kind of bring that questioning sure. back up to Joe Hogsett tonight, right? Yeah. yeah. And if it's not a moderator that does it, it should be Jefferson Shreve. should be. Is it too late, though? If Minaj, let me ask you this. If Jefferson Shreve comes out tonight and says, where were you? I think you were in rehab. You can't prove where you're at. This is ridiculous. I mean, he really just lights the world on fire. Oh, is well, it too is, late? This is, this is the last chance. The, if the, if the question is, it's too late. Um, I mean, only down by 10% in some polling. Right. Hogsett doesn't have 50% right now. It was like, what was it, 47 to 37 or something like that? And keep in mind, it's very blue here, and Ryan Mears even pulled 60%. Right, right. So it could make a difference, but I don't think we're going to hear word one about it for tonight. I'll be surprised if we do. I hope we do. I'm not a Marion County voter. My dad is. I don't know how he plans to vote. We certainly all know how you plan to vote or not to vote if there's not a write-in space for to write somebody else in. And I got an email yesterday. 
yesterday of somebody giving me crap because I said, if there's nowhere for me to write in a candidate, I'm going to leave it blank. Because none of these candidates have given me a reason to vote for them. And I get people giving me crap all the time. And no vote is a vote for Joe Hogsett. But my point is, a vote for Shreve is also a vote for Joe Hogsett. <laughs> it's the same policies. Both guys want to blame law-abiding citizens for the problems in this city. And if Jefferson Shreve isn't man enough to stand up there on that stage, look Joe Hawkset in the eye, and bring the heat to him for all the things he's done to this city, why should we give him the keys to this city? That's where I'm at. All right. Uh, Nige, a new study found that listening to your favorite songs can actually work as a pretty good pain reliever. Really? Researchers had people listen to music while heat was being applied to the inside of their forearm. <laughs> Not enough to burn them, but just enough to kind of hurt a little bit. Yeah. They say it was like holding a hot cup of coffee against your skin. And each volunteer listened to various types of music while this happened. And it turns out, according to the study, that the music that helped ease the pain the most are the songs that you personally know and love. Okay, so if I got a headache or something and they throw in some ZZ Top, maybe that that would help? Right. So we're going to try this out. We're going to do a little experiment here. Are we really? I got this coffee pot from the kitchen. What What are you doing? The stainless steel coffee pot. I am going to hit you in the head with this in the name of science. No, you're not. And here in just a moment, I'm going to play a song that I know you like, and we're going to see if the song takes away from the pain. Okay. All right, so hold on for a second. Allison, let me let me walk over here. Hold Get on. away from me. Allison, hold on. Hold Stop on. it. Hold on. All right. <laughs> no, Al- Stop. On the count what are you of doing? Three, I'm going to hit you in the head. Allison, play the music. Yo, Pot. What I, the? I seriously did not mean to hit you that. Ow. <laughs> this experiment sucks. No, the study is uh, the study is debunked. The joke was supposed to be the Spice Girls How? song because I know you hate Spice Girls, but I totally yeah, did mean was, to hit you that, that, that hard. A little, that was a little rough. I'm Can sorry. we go to break, please? How? <laughs> not ice pack. pack. Are you really okay? Are you okay? Everything's gonna be okay. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm pretty far from okay. Are you okay with this? On the Hammer and Nigel. Oh, yeah! Kentucky Fried Chicken, KFC, the Colonel, baby. Announcing they're bringing back their wraps. Now, like the last time, Hammer, they're only back for a limited time. But here's the caveat. Now they have a new variety. The mac and cheese wrap. Ooh, a piece of fried chicken wrapped up with their cheddar macaroni and cheese and finished with more cheese and a sprinkle of three cheese blend. Are you okay with this? What do you think I'm going to say here, Notch? Take a look at me. Take a look at my physique. Do you think a guy like me would be okay with KFC putting mac and cheese together? That sounds unbelievable. Yes, I'm okay with this. I am 100% in. Now, again, I'm a guy that doesn't like to mix up a lot of things, right? 
but sometimes mac and cheese just hits and it goes well with chicken same thing with like mashed potatoes mashed potatoes well, is like the world's best mixer yeah. you can put it with turkey you can put it with chicken you can put it with salisbury steak it's good all the time and this this sounds amazing but you were initially against chick-fil-a and their mac and cheese when they introduced it weren't you i was you had to recant you I, I will admit when i'm wrong and i was dead wrong <laughs> about that kfc i'm sorry the uh, chick-fil-a yeah. mac and cheese because it's good my thinking early on was man just play the hits keep sure. pumping out chicken keep doing what you do we don't need to reinvent the wheel here isn't that what kfc is doing though but they've always had mac and cheese as a side. Right. Now they're basically just saying, listen, we understand fatties like you are too lazy to just mix it together on your own, so we're going to put it in a wrap for you. Is that good enough, fatty? Here, eat this, gain 10 pounds, and come back tomorrow. <laughs> oh, don't be afraid to dip it in the gravy. If anybody uh, works at KFC is listening right now, don't be afraid to drop some off for us tomorrow between the hours of 3 and 7. KFC is so I good, I want to try man. these wraps. Like, people always say, you got to have a mom and pop fried chicken. I get it. But sometimes times. Boy, those herbs and spices of KFC just hit the spot. And KFC, a staple at any Laskowski family reunion or get-together when I was a kid growing up. Did you ever have Always. the KFC buffet? They no. Got, they got some of those down in like southern no. Indiana, parts no, of central I've, Indiana. I've, I've always eaten KFC like to go. I don't know that I've ever been in a restaurant before. Oh, yeah. The yeah. Uh, KFC buffet. You just load up all the stuff you want. Man, makes you proud to be an American. There's a movement to make Halloween the final Saturday of uh, every month, not not on the 31st. Am I, am I reading this right, Hammer? What does it say? The final oh. Saturday of the month. I'm sorry. There's a movement to make Halloween the final Saturday of the month of October, not on the 31st, but whatever that final Saturday is. Are you okay with this? No. Are we oh. too lazy to just wait until the 31st to go get free candy? Like, we have to push it up to whatever the last Saturday is in October? So, for an example here, if this were to become the law and we made <laughs> Halloween the last Saturday in October, it would fall on the 28th this year. It'd be the 26th next year and the 25th in 2025. Assuming we don't make any changes, the next time that Halloween would fall on a Saturday is in 2026. But listen, if the whole day is based around begging for free candy and getting it, I don't think it's asking too damn much to wait a couple extra days <laughs> until the 31st. I think, I'm pretty sure maybe the thinking is that if it lands on a Tuesday, like it's, it's Tuesday next week. That sucks. It's a school night. I think, the, I think yeah, the kids probably... actually have to get out and walk and not play video games all night. Yeah, it's a I mean, real tear Really, there's some neighborhoods that have changed the date of uh, when the official Halloween and trick or treating goes on. And you know who lives in those neighborhoods? Communists. You're going to say communists. That's yeah. who lives there. Now, this is an election year, so let's just for blanks and giggles here. Let's say that Halloween was on the ballot, whether it's to eliminate the holiday, move it to the final Saturday of October. This is what an attack ad on it would sound like. October 31st, vote no on Halloween. Halloween supports <laughs> dangerous roving gangs of children going door to door to get their fix. <laughs> when it comes to health care, Halloween doesn't care. 
Under Halloween, tooth decay rates have doubled and instances of child obesity have skyrocketed. Oh, no. Halloween is deceptive. Sure, it may look like a sexy firefighter, but don't count on Halloween if your house is burning down. No. And Halloween <laughs> is not a legal holiday. If Halloween had its choice, it would allow for more illegal holidays to invade and take over your calendar. Don't be tricked. Halloween is no treat. This October 31st, vote no on Halloween. Paid for by Thanksgiving. There you go. <laughs> the world's only Halloween attack ad right there on the <laughs> Hammer and Nigel show. This is pretty cool. Dusty Hill's iconic sheepskin covered base from the legs video is going up on the auction block. Uh, of course, Dusty Hill from ZZ Top. They're expected, it's expected to go for around $120,000. Dusty died, you remember, in 2021. He was 72 years old. Uh, the sheepskin covered base from the legs video going on the auction block. Are you okay with this? You know what? I'm going to flip the script here and I'm going to defer to you. You're the rock guy here. Um, is legs the signature song of ZZ Top or was that Sharp Dressed Man? Was that LaGrange? Mm, was it something else? It was one of the t- first two you mentioned. No question. Probably legs. Probably probably legs followed closely by Sharp Dressed Man. So I know you're not a uh, memorabilia guy per se. Oh, I'd but love to have this hanging up in my house somewhere. Sure. Like, would that be yeah, a big conversation I, I, starter? I, I, you know, I, my, my old man loves ZZ Top. I used to watch the music videos with him on MTV when I go over there on the weekends. He loves, and my old man plays a bass too. So he, I'm calling my shot yeah. again. You know who I think is going to buy this? Ursay. Jim Ursay. Yeah. This has got Jim Ursay written all over it. And in honor of Legs, the iconic ZZ Top hit, here is the Hammer and Nigel Show Joe Biden remix. Harry Legs. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) One more time. Harry Legs. <laughs> oh wow, that's insane. A group of women put together a list of 28 places women do not want to go on a first date. It's very comprehensive, Hammer. Some say it eliminates all of the possibilities, while others say that it nixes just kind of the usual stuff and encourages people to try something new. So, where not to go on a first date, according to some of these chicks. Cheesecake Factory, Chili's, Applebee's, Chipotle, Olive Garden, Starbucks, Denny's, IHOP, Buffalo Wild Wings, Wingstop, Red Lobster, Waffle House, oh, or come on. any fast food chain or any buffet. <laughs> Are you okay with this list? No, because the list goes on. You're not supposed to take her to a movie. You're not supposed to watch Netflix at home. You're not going to go to his house. What the hell are we supposed to do? If I can't take you to an Applebee's or a Chili's or to the no movie, clue. what the hell do you want? Just stand outside in a circle, walk around and fart for three different times? Is that going to make you happy? Go for a walk. That's it. Go for a walk and get to know each other. That sucks. No, absolutely not. I am not okay with this. And as a matter of fact, I am very pro taking a date to the Waffle House. Make it a romantic date she'll never forget. You don't need roses or chocolates or jewelry. This year, show her how much you love her by making reservations at Waffle House. What the hell? Yes, it's an evening she will never forget. What are you thinking? Warning, you should probably not make reservations at Waffle House unless you're intending to break up. I am Team Waffle House. I'm Team ZZ Top. Harry Lake. <laughs> <laughs>
raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! And now... Nigel, go off the rails with Rob Kendall. The noise pollution. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Rob Kendall from the Kendall and Casey Show. Here to go off the rails. Rob, how are you? I'm great. Thanks, as always, to our segment sponsor, Garage Doors of Indianapolis. Uh, we got a mayoral debate tonight uh, for Marion County, Sharif, and Hogshead. I did want to get your thoughts on this article, WIBC.com. Here's the headline. Author of Riot Report calls Mayor Hogsett's account into question. So apparently there's this email from the former U.S. attorney, Deborah Daniels, who was appointed by Hogsett. Remember this? He appointed the put together some panel to conduct an independent review. Of it the- was a fact-finding commission, kind yeah. of like in Revenge of the Nerds, where Stan Gable <laughs> put together a fact-finding yes. commission to find out what happened to Lambda, Lambda, Lambda. Yeah, the, the public safety response to the riots in, in 2020. And this email says, quote, there is certainly no indication in the report that the mayor was engaged on Friday night and in contact with his people. The report is silent on that point, so it is certainly does not exonerate him. You remember he was asked a question, where were you? Hogsett is like, yeah, I'm working from my home. I was in constant contact with my representatives with IMPD. But this lady that was on the panel, this former attorney general, uh, assistant attorney general, said, no, that's not the case. What do you make of this, Rob? Yeah, so she's also Mitch Daniels' sister. And I've talked with many, many people about her. And across the spectrum, conservative establishment, whatever, they say she's totally above reproach. She's got no reason to lie about this. So uh, Adam Renham in Portonville got this email leaked to him from the Shreve campaign. And it was an email from Debbie Daniels to the Shreve campaign, which basically just says what you read, like Hogsett. She didn't use the term lied, but that's what he did. He got up on that debate stage when our our man, Phil Sanchez, most beautiful man in Indianapolis media. (laughs) The Sanchez. The Sanchez asked the question, where were you during the first nights of riots? Hogsett's been asked now a couple times about this, and he does this weird, meandering, nondescript thing, and he goes, oh, I was working from home. It's in the report. And Debbie Daniels is like, I did the report. It ain't in the report because... We don't know where you were at. And why is it this bigger news? I mean, I think this would be huge. Well, we've been saying that for three years, though, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, every 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 agency in the city, news agency in the city, should be beating down Joe Hogsett's door saying, wait a second, you looked the people of Indianapolis in the eye during this debate, you looked, Phil, looked at Phil Sanchez in the eye, and said, oh, it's all in this report, I don't understand why this is such a big deal, and it is not in the report. So, is she not telling the truth? Well, you can read the report, it's not in the report, which is why we've been saying it wasn't in the report! <laughs> 
<laughs> was, so, this, was this email supposed to get out like no, that? No, no. And I, I think she's a little upset that it got out. But look, it's something that benefits the Shreve campaign. And she, she's been around long enough. She should have been smarter than to, than to know that something that's going to benefit them isn't going to get out. So this thing exists. Wow. I mean, we know that it exists. But Shreve, he knows sure. where Joe was at during the riots. He knows his minions, the washed up guy and the fat guy running his campaign, they know where Hogsett was at. But as Dennis Green once said, they're letting him off the hook. You know, remember that show, was it in the 80s, Jake and the Fat Man? Yes. <laughs> Instead of Jake and the Fat Man, it'll be washed up guy and the fat man. <laughs> yeah, look, we knew Shreve was going to lose. Remember when we had the fun thing about on our show, had Shreve ever been to a Wendy's? Right. And, and he came in, and to his credit, it was very funny, he brought a bag of Wendy's breakfast food in and was in the interview. And one of his people who was there with him straight up asked me, he said, how do you think we're doing? What should we be doing? And I said, your whole campaign should center around where Joe Hogsett was during the riots because it repeatedly allows you to talk about his failure with public safety. And he has to ask that question and he has to call him out directly, not surrogates, etc. And that person kind of gave me the, yeah, we agree with you, but I don't think he really wants to do it. And I knew right there he was going to lose because you got to have some guy running against Joe Hogsett in order to beat him that is going to be Mortal Kombat guy. Finish him. Right. You've got to have a guy that's going to pull his heart out and watch Watch it beat for fun. You're, you're down by 10 percentage points yeah. based on the yeah. polling. Yeah. What do you have to lose? Exactly. And he lied and he knew he was lying and Shreve let him get away with it. And it just tells you Shreve is not a fighter. He, I, don't, I have no idea why he spent $13 million of his own money. You should, the debate, right? It's like, you should beat that dude like a pinball machine. And he just was like, didn't look like he even wanted to be there. Can I ask you something else about this email that was leaked? It's your show. Um, it's, it also goes on to say that, you know, Debbie Daniels said, that she was critical of Hogsett's relationship with Marion County Prosecutor Ryan Mears, calling it, quote, highly unusual, and that we have a runaway crime problem. What do you make of what? Oh, spot part? on. But they're both Marxists. Hogsett and Mears are both Marxists. And this is the problem with the system in Indianapolis. And this is why it doesn't it doesn't matter whether it's Republican or Democrat. It has to be fighter in there. Because you've got to have some guy that's going to go in there and pound his fist and tell the public, use that bully pulpit on a daily basis. Say, look, I'm only one part of the equation. This guy's a big part of it, too. These liberal judges are a big part of it, too. Everybody's to blame in this. We call them the gruesome twosome, Hogsett and Mears. They don't really like each other, though. And it seems like more and more now, even Joe Hogsett realizes how much of a zero Ryan Mears is. And that's why he's trying to go through different channels of different prosecutors. Yeah, but look, Joe Hogsett is a guy who is such a mess that we are led to believe he couldn't even take out his own trash. Like, I mean, come on, nobody <laughs> busted his lip. Nobody, be- yeah. nobody believes, first of all, that that happened. And two, if you had been injured taking out your trash, wouldn't there be an immediate press release? Hey, the mayor fell last night. He's in fine condition. He looks forward to very quickly getting... He just disappeared for like a week, and they're like, oh, yeah, he heard himself taking out the trash. And I'm sure none of these things are connected. Went missing during the riots. Wife files for divorce. Randomly falls and busts his lip. Wink, wink. None of those things are connected at all. And yet, we are doing the work that Jefferson Shreve won't. That sucks. To be like Jesse Kelly on that commercial that we played. That sucks. <laughs> we shouldn't be working harder than <laughs> we shouldn't be working harder than the candidate to point out what a loser the mayor and, is. And does this so said Sharif bring up this email that got leaked? Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. That should be in his opening statement. Here is the opening statement for Jefferson Shreve tonight. He can totally use it free of charge. Joe Hogsett is so incompetent, he can't even take out his own trash. Under Joe Hogsett's leadership, the city has become trash. So this November, I asked the voters to take Joe Hogsett out with the trash. (laughs) Well, Dan Spieler, who I believe is the moderator for tonight's debate, and it's on television, uh, will he bring up this letter that has been brought to our attention? If Dan Spieler's worth anything, it'll be his opening question because the mayor, this woman who did the report, is alleging, she doesn't use the word lied, but she's alleging, essentially, he lied to the people of Indiana, the people of Indianapolis. That should absolutely be the opening question. Mr. Mayor, your whereabouts for the first night of riots are still unaccounted for. At the last debate, you claimed there was a detailed report which gave your whereabouts for the night of riots. The woman who authored the report has called that into question. Would you like to confirm if indeed your whereabouts are in that report, or if not, where were you during the first night of riots? And Jefferson Shreve, at that point, needs to look at Joe Hawkset and say, really? all of the phone numbers, release the email. Yes. We've been told you don't use your city issued email address. Okay, fine. Release everything else. Police audio from that night. Yes. Prove where you were at. Put all the rumors to rest. If you want Hammer and Nigel and Rob to shut up, tell us exactly where you were and prove it. And and, and look, there's not been a single solitary person. The chief of police. What's the little minion guy's name that was uh, flipping off the camera when Hogsett was eating the pizza? Thomas Cook. Yeah, none of these guys have come out and gone, look, here's the phone logs, here's the records. Nobody! Nobody's produced a single solitary piece of verifiable evidence of where this guy was during the riots. So the debate is tonight. I mean, this is the last stand for Jefferson Shreve, right? If he doesn't go just damn the torpedoes tonight, uh, this thing's done. Oh, yeah. And it's probably already done anyway. I mean, he's missed that opportunity. I mean, he he had a real shot at that that debate the other night. Because, look, you got to give Phil and the uh, the other moderator, forget her name, but you got to give those guys full credit because the first 20 minutes was about the core issues and the issues that matter most. And he had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity, and he was more passionate about the animal shelter and the food deserts. Should we make anything of the fact that, and I'm going to use your verbiage here, Rob, a little birdie told me that the hogset handlers were completely been out of shape, ticked off, fired up that Phil Sanchez had the audacity to ask where he was during the riots. Well, that's a full indictment of the media in this city, that a guy who and he asked it very politely, it was a very direct question, it was totally worthwhile, and the fact that they're upset over that shows they believe the media's in their pocket. Dan Spieler will prove it tonight, because absolutely, everybody knows this this uh, email that Wren published that got leaked out, everybody knows Debbie Daniels is above reproach. Dem- Hell, she was hired by a Democrat administration to do this approach or do this report. So we will find out tonight how much the media is in the pocket of Joe Hogsett because that should absolutely be the lead question. So, Rob, do a lot of people owe Matt Gates an apology or has this last month of Speaker of the House gate been just a <laughs> embarrassment disaster for the Republicans? Does he deserve any blame? Well, it depends. Our, our professional office hopper, Aaron Houchin and 
Larry Bouchon and 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 Jimbo and I know you know he comes on your show sometimes and and the rest of these people Mike Pence who had aneurysms over this and said oh Gates and those seven Republicans they're they're throwing the country into chaos and they've created this calamity and our government needs to function do they are they willing to publicly say that Kevin McCarthy is a better choice than Mike Johnson? If they say that, then that's fine. They believe Kevin McCarthy, if they say, hey, no, he was a great guy and the greatest speaker ever, and oh, no, it was still terrible. Okay, that's one thing. But none of them have said that yet. And if you are not willing to say that Kevin McCarthy was a better choice for speaker, given how he lied to the American people repeatedly about spending and didn't follow through on any of it, if you're not willing to say that, then the question will be, are they going to be man enough, or in the case of office hopper Aaron Houch and woman enough, to stand up and go, you know what? I was wrong. The country wasn't thrown into chaos. We're all still breathing. We're all taking air. And Matt Gates' actions produced a better Speaker of the House, and I'm sorry. I bet you not one of those people who were claiming the world was on fire and pulling their hair out and calamity and chaos and blah, 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 has the cojones to actually do the right thing. Well, you know, it's going to be pretty easy to tell with this new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson. Don't we have a spending bill expiration coming up towards Thanksgiving? Well, and we'll find out quick, yeah, you get the boy was 45 days. That's why it was so laughable that the government won't be. You just funded the government for 45 days, and you guys told us what a great deal that was. So don't give me this. The hysterics were ridiculous. And you're right. We're going to find out real quick if Mike Johnson is the guy because he's going to have to shut the government down again to get the spending under control. We'll find out real fast. Should he release all of the January 6th? Everything. Days? It belongs to us, it belongs to the people. Put it all out there. Let's see. I mean, you got this Jamal Bowman guy who pulls a fire alarm to prevent a vote in the Congress. <laughs> oh, he gets a thousand dollar fine and, and an apology. And you got guys who walked into the Capitol who are on video with the police going, "Yes, please, right this way. Come right this way." Who are going to jail for years? What is coming up on the Kendall and Casey show tomorrow? Well, we are going to find out a little bit more about this guy, Mike Johnson. Uh, we're going to. I think you're going to get real quick. I mean, the answer is definitively: Will you shut the federal government down to get spending? under control. Somebody's going to ask him about that eventually, and we're going to learn whether he'll do that or not. We'll take a deep dive on that. I mean, he did say uh, through Jim Banks told us yesterday, Hammer, that no more omnibus. No, 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 No more of this crap. But they say that all the time. Uh, yeah, no more right, spending right, bills. No right. more this. No more that. These guys, they're full of crap. Show me. I hate all of you people equally now. You know who's not full of crap? Garage Doors of Indianapolis, the greatest damn garage door company in the entire world. He's off the rails. He's Rob Kendall. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.